What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm Bell Solonot, and you're listening to 100% BS. Yeah, well, um, thank you for doing this, for coming on. Of course. Exciting. Um, it was really cool because we, I've made so many new friends in the past year, just like through social, which is just this beautiful, bizarre thing, but like, I'm totally here for it. Um, and I feel like we connected because of Adobe creator camp. And then, um, obviously like I, you know, saw your, the stuff you share, you're so talented with all your photography, cinematography and, you know, your editing is incredible, but in particular, I was really drawn to, like you don't have the ego that's associated with a lot of people who are very talented that way, which I loved because I just, you know, when people are authentic and just normal and themselves and just don't take themselves too seriously, yeah. I, I really like that. So I felt like that is a vibe I got from you. And so I was like, this is a cool person, you know, he's got, a, well, he's got something interesting going on. Yeah. But it's, it's probably because I have five kids and they just like, you know, keep me even, you know, they're like, Look, you can't be that cool if you have five kids. <laughs> That's true. Yes. You have to, uh, you got to be right. you know, aware of everything you're right. doing. Yeah. But yeah, so is that like something you're, you know, kind of active about in terms of like, you know, your your presence and just when you share the work you do? And I mean, it seems to come very naturally to you to just like. So, be, you know, early when I started, it, it so uh, let me give you a little background. Like I started, I was very much like corporate America, um, started in oil and gas as a land manager. And um, where you negotiate contracts and you, you know, you speak to landowners and you try and negotiate that way. But I've always had kind of that personal side where I can talk to people, mm-hmm. but it, there was always like, I always loved to create on the side. It was just like the hobby. Fast forward to like 2020, I was like, go of two different jobs. So I was like, all right, this is enough. Like oil and gas is great. It pays really well, but I got to get out because I'm not doing what I love. And um, this is just so unstable. You know, it was just, it was crazy. So, so decided to like pursue it full time. And uh, it just like, it started we actually, I started the video side with my wife who we were approached to do a wedding for video. And, and like we had started kind of a family vlog style stuff. Um, where it was just like super raw. We were using iPhones. We were using like point and shoots that we had tucked in the closet and, and, um, and it was great. It was fun. The kids love it. The kids love seeing it still to this day. And, it's fun to have those memories. And that's kind of where I fell in love with it. It was just like the storytelling aspect of video and creating and being able to look back. And, and so we started doing some weddings. It's not really my thing. Like I'm not that into wedding cinematography, filmmaking, um, nothing against it. I just, it's just like weekends with kids, like impossible. And, uh, and, uh, but I, I do love the story behind creating yeah. those, but it's just, this is just too much. So, so took that experience and like put it towards YouTube and then doing like more commercial work. And 
since I started, like the one thing I wanted to portray was just like being myself, being authentic, like you're saying, and not come off like anyone else. I struggled with that hard the first like, you know, few months, six months of YouTube, like trying to be way cooler than Peter McKinnon and all those (laughs) fantastic YouTubers. Right. Um, but quickly, like, you know, I created a couple videos early on the YouTube channel that were like, cause you, you kind of, you kind of get that feel of what you want to do and who you are, Yeah. but it portrays as someone else. And I got comments and I, and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta shift here. Like I got to step back, oh. reevaluate. And, and that's when it kind of hit me like, okay, you just gotta be you. And I was early, I didn't know what I was doing, you know? But I think that's where I kind of got the, okay, you just have to be you, be authentic. Don't try and be anyone else. Be creative. Find your own creative outlook on everything you're doing. And that's, I guess that's where kind of goes comes from. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I feel like that is what a lot of people go through when they start to explore the avenue of being a creator, an entertainer, whatever there's it is that they're doing, even in like a regular corporate job, but it's especially true with this industry because it's so much about the face and what people are seeing. Right. That the second you, you know, let go of like the semantics of like how do I do it? What do I be? What do I talk about? And you're just yourself and you're just yeah. like goofy and silly and you mess up and you're just like your own commentary like Uh people are super drawn to it Mm -hmm. like that authenticity like you can't fake it which is so beautiful it's like people see right through it when it's not real so yeah and there's there's so much like you can edit anything you want in video but when it comes to like having this conversation or even like for youtube when you're having dialogue you can only edit so much Mm -hmm. you know without sounding too choppy or too fake or you don't know the subject that you're talking about it's going to come out crystal clear you know yeah and that's why i think because people are aware that it can be so edited and because there are people who edit so much and are so fake and are so like over the top that when someone does is just real it's like holy shit i don't know what it is but i like this like you just identify with it's the human in us that's like you can tell at a dinner party when someone is you know trying to impress you with their whatever they've done in the past and when someone is just you know doesn't have an agenda so it's such a turnoff too so yeah i want no part of this yeah for sure yeah and i feel like people have been really pushed in the last year especially because it's like we're all just mostly at home and like yeah. just being us. Like you don't have the allure of like the beautiful location. I mean, it's different depends where you live. Like obviously Colorado is fucking beautiful. So you have that. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, but like <laughs> at a default, you just have yourself and whatever your message is. And right. so that growth comes naturally when you just embrace it, which is pretty right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so you were in, I know nothing about oil and gas other than like... I mean, I know it took a big hit in 2020, obviously, just like mm-hmm. so many other industries. Um, but, and I think you were saying that's part of why you ended up leaving because it was so um, unstable. But so you had been doing your own creative work 
on the side for a while. And then it was basically like a natural progression. But did you, right. um, like, when did you specifically switch? Like, had how had you, when did you start your YouTube? Like, when did you know that that was what you wanted to do more? So it was, it was uh, 20, like December, 2019 is when I started like really pushing the YouTube as much as I could. And I was still working oil and gas at that time. So it was like, you know, do it when you can sort of thing. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't any sort of agenda. Just get a video out when you can create um, and see how it goes. Just test it out. See how you like it. Can you, is it manageable? Um, and then from that, it was just like, okay, this is fun. Let's keep going. And it became like, all right, let's try and get one video out per week yeah. and just take, you know, see what kind of progress we can make. And, um, and I was able to do it. It was hard. Like it was, you know, staying up till one, two in the morning trying to get videos yeah. out. And, and it definitely taught me a lot about like, okay, if you want to do this, like this is kind of what it takes, you know, you can't, you can't just, especially with my situation with having like, like my wife and I were blended. So she has two, I have two, and then we have one together. And so like 50% of the time, it's great. We only have four or we only have one. Right. <laughs> so we, like, I tried to maximize that time to just push out the hobby creativity and content. Um, but then it like, you know, I was, it came to a point where I just wasn't enjoying what I was doing in the oil and gas mm -hmm. industry. It was just like show up. I didn't have the best boss at that time too. Like we had kind of a manager shift within our company. Um, so I got let go of, at that company due to the economy, the Russian price wars and all that stuff. And I found another company and went to work for them. Um, and at that point, like I still, I was on the fence. I was like, maybe this is, you know, I received a nice severance package. I was like, I, I could be good for like a year, you know, and just do this and see if it can go somewhere. But in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, but this is like your career. You have kids and a family and a mortgage mm -hmm. and all this stuff you got to pay for. Like you should probably go like be responsible, be a responsible adult, you know? Yeah. And, and so I found another position and seven months into that position, the company went bankrupt. And that was, that was like early 20, that was March, 2020. So that's like right when the pandemic right. hit, that was, um, that was when the price wars were even worse at that time. Um, and that's just a supply and demand thing with, you know, it's a, it's a whole nother monster, but so I kind of sat down with my wife and I was like, all right, what are we going to do? Like, I think I should just push this as hard as I can. I was getting more and more people inquiring to do some stuff. And, yeah. um, and from there, it's just like, I was starting to get some momentum on YouTube as well. And I, by no means do I have like a large following on YouTube or Instagram or anything, but you know, it's just fun to create and comment with the community that I'm building. And, and that's what I love the most is just like, you know, you create or I started from the bottom and it's like, you know, you want to figure out how to do it and you can watch a million YouTube videos on how to do it and go through 30 minutes on a YouTube video and not figure it out. And then you have to go watch another one. Right. 
Yeah. My goal was always to be like, okay, if I'm picking a topic, I'm going to make sure that this person's getting exactly what that topic's about and not no, no bullshit. Right. Yeah. It's just it. Um, and I think that strategy has built more of a loyal following and, and more engaging following than, than otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no, it makes sense. Like even think about, um, what mediums have become very popular over the past couple of years, especially in the past year. I mean, you're on clubhouse a lot and it's relatively new and it's like very hype, but you know, I think kind of psychologically a reason why people love it is a lot of people are still at home or like just Mm -hmm. disconnected from what their previous life was. And it's just, you know, it's just a human connection thing of people popping into a room and hearing someone speak live, which is like one more kind of step different than podcasting, which of course has become extremely popular because of how intimate it is. And like the, Uh especially because the audio is high quality, I think with podcasts in particular, um, I, I happened to hop into a room, a clubhouse room yesterday, the day before. Um, and they were talking about Lex. I don't know if you're familiar with Lex Friedman. He's like a AI guy, like, but he has yeah, a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's been okay. on the Joe Rogan a couple of times. Okay. Uh, he like is friends with Tim Dillon. Anyway, he was, someone was explaining, making the case for why Clubhouse is like the best thing ever. And like, <laughs> you know, it's all audio. I have mixed feelings. I'll tell you about Clubhouse. I generally like it, but I have some mixed feelings. But yeah. Lex pointed out that he said to this guy, like, you know, your audio right now is like really crappy. Like I'm having a hard time hearing you. And he's like that. And Lex was like this. That's why podcasting, even though like, yes, it could be more edited is a bit more, you know, intimate because like it's people purposely are making it with really nice audio and like right. it doesn't cut out because it's not like via phone call right. via Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah. Um. So there's like ups and downs to it. I think it's interesting a because it's new. It's like it hasn't really found its flow yet like people don't really know yet what it is like it's just a lot of random things Uh um but i mean you i i feel like you are a huge fan of it it's obviously really good for growth actually because it's a it's kind of a a way to get in front of a lot of new people and connect via voice which is pretty authentic and like feels like you're connecting to the actual person um but yeah in terms of like like why do you like it so much I, I'm just not on so, there a lot because I'm like nervous and I'm just yeah. like, oh, there's too many things to do. Like, I'll do that later. Yeah. You know, I, I do love it. I think it's, it's probably my favorite social media app right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a few reasons why. One, I'm, I'm not into, like I've listened to podcasts a lot. Um, I don't have a podcast. So like, I, I can't really compare like, yeah, the audio is so much better in podcasts and you're getting that like crisp audio. What I love about Clubhouse is I feel like the the engagement growth to the other social media platforms has been exponentially higher. Mm-hmm. And then even just being able to have that conversation where like we were talking about, you know, you can – and. It, it seems like, you know, there's rooms you'll go into on clubhouse where everyone's the freaking expert, right? Like I know everything about everything about everything. And you're like, shut up. Like, you know, you know, I don't want to hear it. Um, 
but I've managed to find a group and um, it's called the creative individuals visuals being V I S U A L S uh, instead of visuals. And in this group, we have like a WhatsApp conversation in the background. So who wants to moderate this room? Who wants to help with this room? Gotcha. Um, I think there's a lot of that going on where you're organizing and you get kind of the best uh, expertise in a room. And I think that's the best strategy is just like finding the right moderators for each room, depending on the topic. Right. So I've really enjoyed it because it's allowed me to connect with other creatives, other people in the industry, and then have convert like, for example, I've had conversations behind the scenes um closed rooms on clubhouse where i can go to them and say hey how did you structure your pricing for a project mm-hmm. like this or um you know how do you deal with a client when you got to this point or how do you how do you promote or how do you pitch your brands when you get to this point and being able to have those connections where otherwise you're trying to just slide into their dms it's not going to work right? They hardly ever see those. Uh, I think it's super powerful. And um, yeah, the following count's gone up from Clubhouse directly. And I made a video kind of on that and how it, how it relates, but it's, I think it's a much more to it. You're actually like the, you know, the Instagram algorithm is so fascinating and everyone's trying to tackle it and everyone's an expert on it and they have tips to share, right? It's like, you don't, I mean, you heard that from someone else and now you're sharing, <laughs> you know, right. yeah. it's like, I, I don't know. I think to me, it boils down to the authenticity. You can tell in someone's voice, whether they know their shit or they don't. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like content creation, and I tell this to anyone and everyone that I talk to is like, don't worry about the algorithms. If you can post post if you can't don't do it create content that you feel is valuable that you feel is going to benefit someone else and then you're gonna you're gonna grow but um yeah i think you're just you're totally wasting your time if you're trying to tackle the algorithm every day and it's just it's just too much but i kind of went on a tangent there but i think yeah, I'm, I love Clubhouse. I think it's I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like what you said about everyone being an expert is at first what like kind of turned me off cuz I was like, okay, I like I understand that we all have like our unique value and like we have something to say. Like I agree with that. I'm not saying like you know, you can't be an expert, but there's just a certain like feeling when you're in a room and you feel like people are just trying to like sell their shit and just like convince you that they're awesome. And I'm just like, I, okay. Like, I just want to speak to a human. Like, I don't really, like, I just want to know what you think about this thing. Like, Oh, did you go through this once? That's cool. Like you don't need to, I think that's how it kind of started. Maybe there's less of that now. I mean, to be fair, I haven't really been listening in that much, but, um, like there is the huge upside that I think was what you're getting at is more, authentic connection that is really easy to do and Mm -hmm. is you know it's also like we don't have right now there's a fly (laughs) 
If you see me burn it, if you see smoke, by the way, it's because I might burn sage to, um, I have oh, yeah. a bit of a gnat problem. Oh, do you? So the smoke, it, yeah, it went away for a bit and now it's back. It's anyway, if I'm swatting or if you see smoke, it's because I'm burning <laughs> sage, you know, just to get the good vibes in here. Yeah. Right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, that th- there is a huge upside to it. And that's again, with all the platforms that have been taking off and like, there's a huge negative to social media. You can easily, mm-hmm. you know, be uh, you know, pessimistic about it. Everyone watched the social dilemma and was like, fuck, like this is not good. But I think we took that and we were like, okay, we're aware that social media can really fuck you up. People are, can be really fake. You know, it's very easy to compare yourself and to just go down the negative rabbit hole. But I think it's pretty cool that people have kind of taken that information and be like, okay, we understand the algorithm. It kind of is like driving us into these, uh, bad habits, like it's leveraging right. our worst behavior. And instead we're like, let's actually be super authentic and be like active about how we engage. And Clubhouse is like the version of the new app that says like, let's just get rid of all of that bullshit. The the photo, the visuals, the graphics, mm-hmm. like it's literally just your voice and just yeah. like what you have to say, which right. I think is a huge allure. And I like that a lot. And I kind of yeah. am excited to see it take off that way. Um, it's funny because I think I sent you the New York times was like saying how people are having unfettered conversations, which is funny, which is like to suggest that people normally are like, uh, restrained, which is is true. (laughs) (laughs) Like what is fettered? Like what is unfettered? (laughs) Yeah. It's basically like, you know, unmonitored, like, you you know, free free to speak. Um, but I think China actually banned the app, which makes sense. But that's such a crazy con- concept to me that like they like just took away, which I don't, I think I'm pretty sure in China, there's a, like a huge lack of uh, internet I access. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know China had the app. Yeah. I think that they and, banned it. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, I read most recently. Um, but that I think well, it's is communist, actually, right? So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They gotta like, control what people yes. are let's, thinking. Let's, and hey, saying. slow down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't have people unchecked. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind of scary because, like, I've been seeing you know places like the New York Times and whatever these more larger mainstream media outlets kind of giving it a bad rap and being like, oh, like there's these rooms where people are able to say whatever they want and like it's not checked or anything, and. It's funny because like, it's obviously it's a real like issue. Like there's misinformation. Yeah. Like I get that, but clubhouse brings like a new level of um, like threatening control because you would have to just straight up deplatform people or like mo- just monitor the words that they say live. And that's like, again, why people love podcasts because it's no one is there to monitor what you're saying. Like, yeah, on YouTube, you can get deplatformed and they'll demonetize you. Like that mm-hmm. happens to a lot of people, but Clubhouse <clears throat> is like the newest threat to that, which I really like a lot because yeah. I'm a huge proponent for, you know, free speech in general and just letting people have conversations. You know, obviously there's going to be bad people out there who say bad things, but the cost of like censorship to me outweighs the benefits of you know, letting people speak, but right. that's why I'm excited to see what happens with clubhouse because for those like juicy conversations about politics and culture and whatever, where people are really testing things out, 
that's a great thing to me that people can there was speak a, to anyone. There was a room I was in the other day and it got super controversial. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, it's like, it was a room of like, I think there were almost 2000 people in the room and it was, you know, which is large for clubhouse right now at this given time, though it's a pretty large room. And, you know, I just like, you have, you have so many different voices. And if, if there's too many moderators in a room, you start getting like the trolls who are, don't like that one person's speech or what they're talking about. They'll just kick them down and like, you know, shut them out, which is kind of messed up. But, you know, I think they'll, I think it'll just, I think they're going to make a lot of improvements. Did you, I, do you have HBO? Have you seen Fake Famous by a chance? It's a newer. Oh, I haven't, but it's, I need to watch it because people have been talking about oh it. Did gosh. you watch it? It's fantastic. What, it's what a, it? It's very, so yeah, I can, I would love to talk about it. So it's, it's all about Instagram and the guy basically took, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's uh you this, can it's fine i won't be like i'll okay. I'll watch it but just go ahead just go <laughs> so fake famous hbo documentary the guy who kind of runs the show t- talks about he, he gets three subjects and the whole idea is like let's see if we can fake these people's accounts and make mm-hmm. them famous and so it's two guys one girl who gets selected and there's a whole slew of applicants the idea is like they're gonna buy him followers, they're gonna buy him engagement, engagement, and and see what happens. See like what brands start reaching out, and and the two guys kind of like they were going through it. They saw growth. They you know they got their fake followers, they got their fake engagement. And they were like, you know, getting direct messages like, hey, what's going on? Like this isn't this isn't you. This isn't who you are. And oh, because so it's based on a real person. Yeah, these are. Like it's a- these are real people. So these are like, okay. there are three people who signed up for the program saying like, I want to be famous on Instagram. I want to grow through Instagram. And okay. they, they had to have known well in advance, like this was the strategy, right? Okay. They were like so, a willing that they were going to do it in this like, right. Buy followers. Way. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so they, went through the whole thing and like started getting, you know, more recognition. And the whole idea was like, they're going to start creating posts as if they were these famous influencers. Well, they're setting up these like fake posts. They're going on these fake photo shoots. Like one time they, they did one of the, in like a private jet, but it was a fake private jet scene. Mm -hmm. So it's like this half of a jet where they have the fake windows, but they did a whole photo shoot inside, making it look like he was flying on private jets (laughs) And then the girl did a several photo shoots um, where it looked like she was, she would put like, Oh, I'm at the four seasons. And, but really she's at like this empty pool with like a nice grass thing behind her. And it, you know, she's decked out and she's got like champagne. And so they just made it as fake as they could. Right. Yeah. And the girl embraced it and like really, took it on and she started like she started gaining and they you know she got up to like 200 300,000 followers on Instagram and all wow. of a sudden like she was an actress and before she was a struggling actress as soon as she hit those follower accounts like she started getting all this publicity brands were reaching out sending her free stuff all the time 
She's getting bigger yeah. brand deals. Um, casting agents were reaching out to her like, our marketing director really loves your Instagram page and your following count. We would love to have you. And it's just like, it's mind boggling, you know? Yeah. And it's like, the guy said, a lot of people do this. They buy their followers. They get to that point. And I've talked with a few of my friends on it. It's like, if you're a brand, why wouldn't you do it? You know what I mean? Like if you don't, if you don't need the authentic engagement, but it's just a, like society today is just so built on that one number followers right yeah which is sad it's just it's pathetic in my opinion and yeah but it's like any business has to have social media any business has to publish on instagram to make sales you know because that's where all the eyes are it's like you you're just you're not getting the tv ad space as you once were and it's it's pretty incredible so yeah, I don't, definitely give it a watch. It was. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm planning on watching it. It's, it's just crazy because, like, like you said, a lot of, like brands sponsorships, like they want that high number, whether it's like followers on Instagram or number of listeners, but it's <clears throat> different on Instagram, I think, because of the fact that you can build it. Like you can do it, um, you can buy it. Like you can do yeah. it not actually realistically, right? <clears throat> Versus people who build the brand right. authentically and like actually have 200,000 followers because mm-hmm. those people chose to be there and want to engage, yep. you know, that it, I think, ends up providing more value to like a company that's going to do a sponsorship because in mm-hmm. the end, like, if you trust the person and they do a sponsorship and they're authentic and real, then you're probably more likely to purchase that product or whatever it is because the person's being real. They're not just doing it because they don't give a shit, you know? Um, But it's like hard because go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Like, you know, say for us, right. Because we are both working to, build these online communities and like part Mm -hmm. of it is you want to reach more people because maybe opportunity but also to just genuinely build a community of people who want to engage with you and you know uh consume your content but speak with you dm with you like the more human aspect of it not just like i want to see that i have two hundred thousand people that like look at my shit because that's not really what it's about yep but it's hard because you can't help but feel sometimes like, oh my God, this is just all so weird. Like we're just yeah. out here trying to like get people to like look at us. And like, I think when, at least when you're aware of it, you know, you have that sense of like humility and like that mm-hmm. lack of ego, I think you recognize it more because like, I'm aware of how silly it is. Like I'm <laughs> trying, like, it's just weird. Okay. Like, yes, I want to like grow this podcast. Like my goal is to work for myself and build my personal brand and do all of that. And, you know, Instagram is a huge tool to do that. And part of it is like having more people who see it and follow me and engage whatever. Um, but it can so quickly turn so negative and just gross, like just people Mm -hmm. who buy the followers and are just doing it because of vanity reasons and like not because they actually care and want 
to put a, a important message or whatever their unique message is. I think that's where it gets kind of like slimy is just the people who are doing it because of just the number. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to be in that club of having a million, but yep. it's like, well, why, what are you telling these? Right. Like, what's your, what's your message? What do you care about? Like, what are you telling these people that you're passionate yeah. about? Like, if it's nothing, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why yeah. does it matter then? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and, you know, I think brands are getting better about understanding where the fakeness is coming from and who they are and getting to know the influencer a little better, but like this show, I mean, and they were kind of worried about it because she started getting so many followers. The females started getting so many followers and, and the engagement, they were worried about the engagement rate, right? The percentage yeah. of engagement because these larger brands have the software to kind of feed that out or weed it out, I guess you could say. So, mm-hmm. um, but they, <clears throat> they did their own tests and <clears throat> excuse me, she was passing with like, passing all the tests on engagement rates for some reason, which is like, what? okay, is the software not right? Or, you know, it's, or is it's it just bots. Like, like, yeah. And that's all they are. It's just like, you know, the, the comments that she was getting were just a bunch of emojis or like really fake comments, not engaging. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting though. It was like, you know, <clears throat> It's definitely, you know, you think about it and you're like, yeah, it'd be an easy way. But like you said, it's like, that's not, that's not what I want to do. That's not, yeah. it goes back to the beginning of our conversation. Like I truly want to help people. Like that's why I got into this was to, yeah. you know, I was a videographer who was starting out, didn't know anything from anything and did it the hard way, made a lot of mistakes and hopefully I can help people make less mistakes. Like everyone's going to make mistakes. You're not going to get rid of that. Um, And it's just like, that's part of life. You just have to kind of go through it. And I think, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be fake. You know, that's, there's, and I think a lot of people are that way too, but yeah, there's Kim Kardashian bought a ton of followers early in her career. And, you know, they say like, you know, her sex scandal tape, that's what made her get on the map. Right. It's like, yeah, do something crazy to get on the map. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, I imagine that that doesn't end up feeling fulfilling or good. Like, I don't, you know, you want to, I would imagine those people who do it, the fake route are not feeling fulfilled really because they know deep down that they didn't earn it Mm -hmm. and when you didn't actually work for it and you didn't um put the time in for it and the work and the sweat and the tears and the late nights like then it's not ever going to feel like enough either that's the thing is like you're not going to be grateful for what you have now like that's a huge part of i'm really into this um concept of manifesting and like kind of visualizing your goals and setting out what you want. But a part of it is acting like act as if you have what you are, act as if you have, act as if you already have what you want is Mm -hmm. is like one of the big things. And it's, that's just gratitude. It's just saying like, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be a fulfilled person. I'm going to have purpose even with what I have today. And so by, you know, 
taking the easy route and basically cheating your way to it, like that doesn't help anyone. Like that doesn't yeah. help you. You're not going to feel yeah. good about that. It's going to, you know, you're never going to feel like it's enough if you're just looking for the number. Right. So that's how it works with power and greed and money right. is if you're doing it for the wrong reason, yep. why would you ever stop? Like, why not another 20K? But that doesn't, if you aren't whole inside, yeah. like who fucking cares if 10, <laughs> right. 10 million people follow you, but they don't give a shit about you. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Good for you. Like, right. have fun not sleeping at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But, yeah. you know, that's a big reason why I love Clubhouse too is like, I do think there's an element of, you know, you, you clubhouse, you can click on the bio and you can inflate your bio as much as you want. Say you're a multi-billionaire if you want it and you're not, you know, the, but, mm. and you can click on Instagram profile from clubhouse and yeah, sure enough, like you'll see someone who's speaking and they have 1.2 million followers and you're like, all right, that's, that's pretty legit. You know, it's, it's not a small number by any means. And you you wonder their story and you see if they're authentic and you listen to who they are and you kind of vet them. And that's what I love about yeah. Clubhouse is like, okay, this person does like kind of back who they are. They're speaking intelligently about this. They know their business structure. They know, you know, they're speaking to this topic in context. They're not going above what they don't know. And um, yeah. it's just like, being able to hear a voice is like podcasts. Like you can hear people's voices and, and every meaning of every word they're saying comes through, you know, where yeah. text and, you know, any caption you read on Instagram can be just so fake and you would have That's no true. idea, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I find it really exciting. Like I think again, just seeing, that it's really easy to just so many people doing it the fake route and just not being authentic, but that people, the small rare amount of people who choose to do it authentically. And like, you know, you hear in people's voice, you see it on their story. Like when you mm. hop on with fucking filter that has like the cows in the background, <laughs> I saved that one for myself. Cause I was like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but like, you know, you can see when someone doesn't have an agenda and when they just, want to help people like you right. just want right. to help people make sick fucking videos and like that yeah. comes across you know yeah. versus it's with anything in life really and i um i'm a big uh skeptic of mainstream media in general just because i don't like the narrative feeling and that yeah. people are just hitting talking points that really bothers me mm -hmm. and so that's why i love podcasts and i love finding people on the internet who just speak freely and are just mm -hmm. themselves. Um, and you know, isn't that why this, the whole like Bitcoin or the whole AMC. Yeah. I mean, did you follow any of that? The AMC oh, and um, the GameStop. Oh yeah. Robin hood. Yeah. I mean, that was just so brilliant, but that's just a bunch of like, it's like the experts got beat at their own game, you know? And it's yeah. to me, that's yeah. like, it's messed up what happened, but how they it's just exciting. got shut down but it's so exciting it's like the, <laughs> yeah it's when you like get, the underdog uh, fucking won and you're yeah. like fuck the establishment yeah. like yeah. you guys got served so, like yeah so like good. it sucks but and the other good thing is actually that when those things happen people 
kind of wake up a little bit more and start to realize like, okay, so yeah, like some smart people people out there work in finance are also in bed with the government. They don't care about the little guy. Like the system is not built for you. It's for themselves. So it's like, and did you, were you in, um, when the, in, on clubhouse, when Elon Musk was on late night, did you hear that whole thing? Yeah. I couldn't get into the room, but I was in like a, side room where they were kind yeah, of talking. one of those I was, overflow I was in and out. yeah 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 but that was so i remember listening to that i was laying in bed with my boyfriend and we were just listening to it it was like it was late here i think it was pretty much late for everyone because it happened at like yeah. 12 and we were listening live and when elon brought on um vlad from robin hood we were like dude what the fuck what the- like, this is insane <laughs> like what are we witnessing right now right. and in part it felt like is this like a clubhouse epic thing? I think it was in part that clubhouse is this new exciting thing. You can call anybody up onto the onto the speaker right. floor and they can speak. Yeah. The other aspect is Elon Musk being Elon Musk. And we're huge fans of Elon in this household. I have yeah. a painting of him oh, here. He's and he's amazing. So and like that was also what made it so special is people had been interviewing Vlad Tenev, uh, the CEO of Robin Hood on like CNN and stuff. And they're asking him some good questions, but Elon comes on and does it and is like, dude, just fucking tell us what happened. Like, yeah. what is this? Like, what's cut the on? bullshit? Like, you know, let's, let's be real here. This is clubhouse. We're real. Yeah. That's what I <laughs> exactly. love. Yeah. It was, it was legit. It was so yeah. cool. That was a crazy moment. And like that, I definitely appreciated that was you that that was unique to clubhouse in some ways because i mean you know you've had elon musk went on rogan live a couple times when that whole when actually this moment the joint smoking moment happened and that happened live which was exciting but the thing about clubhouse is it's like you can actually see the other people listening not their face but their picture right and then the like debriefing rooms after are so fascinating and i think Uh that is the special part where people can right away like debrief with each other and process what happened. And like, you can just picture everybody in their house in bed listening and like chiming in. And that is a really cool thing that I Mm -hmm. like a lot is like just connecting with the other people who are participating, listening to it, which is cool. Yeah. And just like, yeah, even from a a standpoint of, okay, this is, you know, being able to ask those questions, like not, not to the status of Elon Musk, like you're not going to get a question to that guy, but, um, you know, for, as a YouTuber, like Sean Cannell, do you know who Sean Cannell is? I don't think so. He like, he's got over a million subscribers and basically like the guru of teaching YouTube analytics, right? That's like, Mm. he's like, uh, what's the other guy? I don't know. That's, that's his channel is like grow on YouTube. How do you grow on YouTube? Yeah. Anyway, you learn from him and that's, I watched tons of his videos through the YouTube career, but it's like, you know, you can comment all day on his videos, but then he holds a room in clubhouse and is like, you can raise your hand, come up Mm -hmm. and have a one-on-one conversation with that guy. And like, he's checking out your, your YouTube channel saying, Hey, this is probably what you should do. You're getting those tips firsthand as opposed to, 
okay, now I got to go buy your course. Is that really going to be legit? Like, am I going to get something out of this course that I have nothing, I don't know anything about, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's really, it's cool, you know, or having a conversation with Grant Cardone, who's, you know, multi, multi multi-millionaire, but not a billionaire, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's like, again, that idea (laughs) of also that it, um, What's the word I think like democratizes access like anybody right. I mean you need an invite but like fucking pretty yeah. much like you can yeah. get one at this yeah. point I have seven that I need to use actually yeah. anybody listening you need an invite <laughs> yeah. let me know I haven't used mine yet um but like it's like anyone can listen in there's no barrier to entry like and that feels so good too is you know we all listened in for two hours to the richest man on earth, supposedly richest other than the Saudis. But um, like, that's so rare. Like when do you get to do that to like be in the room, quote unquote, like you're right. there kind of, right. it just feels very special. And it kind of goes back to that human connection piece and why I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with clubhouse after like, you know, we go back to normal per se, yeah. like, some cities are opening up, but people are still at home generally. It's going to be interesting to see what happens then because I think part of its success right now is that people are still at home. So it might take a, a hit of sorts, but I mean, they're probably going to like make some changes. I assume. Yeah. It's such a FOMO app, uh, app too, you know, like, mm. cause if you're not on, you miss it, you know, nothing's recorded yeah. unless you know, you can record if you're asking permission from the audience, but yeah, it's just like, if you miss it, you miss it, you know? And, and the only yeah. really, the the real only way to grow on clubhouse is to be active speaking. I mean, you're not going to gain as many followers and community. If you're just sitting in the audience, listening the whole time, it's just, no one's going to click on your profile and, go follow yeah. you right but yeah um who knows where that like who knows what the monetization is going to be of clubhouse i mean i've i've heard celebrities will start holding rooms and they'll get paid or you can you can actually i've heard that they're going to start paying um like you could open a room and make make it like five bucks to get in and it's like oh. a private room and you could you know like Elon Musk could hold a room and it's a dollar to get in and he gets, you know, hundred thousand yeah. people into his room. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy, you know? That would be insane. So, yeah. Um, well, it's like kind of a double-edged sword that it's the whole FOMO thing. Like mm-hmm. you have to be there for it. Cause I mean, in some ways I, well, it's like, that's good because you have to be there you have to be present for it. But, in you know the digital world in terms of yeah well and in terms of true because people can say whatever the fuck they want which is good and bad at the same time yeah but like in terms of all the other biggest social platforms like things can live for a long time which is a nice thing like in general because you don't have to be on there all day to make sure that you hear the thing right it's like that you know so it feels like okay you had to like go to dinner to have that conversation or else you're just going to hear about it through a friend. But in terms of most social apps right now that are really successful is you can still go back and visit the thing later. Mm -hmm. So. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they don't add a record feature. Um, Yeah. 
Because you, I mean, it's they say in the policies like we don't like recording, but if you get permission, you can. Um, and actually, the software would like say, "Hey, this is not to be recorded unless permission is granted." And people were testing it out. <clears throat> it actually happened to me when I was creating a video about Clubhouse and I was trying to do a screen record just to show mm-hmm. like how the flow of everything goes, and it it detected that I was screen recording and like said, "Hey, you're violating policy." or privacy rights and so it was pretty interesting but um i've heard that they'll kind of open up the recording side of it so that'd be interesting to see yeah yeah that'll be interesting but it is like it's dangerous in the fact that you know especially as a content creator like i need to be out creating content not sitting on clubhouse for hours i mean some of these people are spending days and just like like clubhouse influencers they're there all day and night i will like wake up to go to the bathroom at two and i'm like brett weinstein is on clubhouse i'm like what the fuck are you doing you're all there all day brett weinstein (laughs) is a clubhouse influencer like right what it's so strange (laughs) it's yeah you can like very quickly waste your that's why i think i'm like i know that i'll get sucked in and like i'll end up wasting time you know not that like you know, there's ways to get value from it, but yeah. that's again the double edged sort of it being like live and that there's the whole FOMO feeling. Yeah. But like it's it just comes back to balance. Like you have to like anything, right? You could spend all day on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Like people are spending all day on Twitter just yeah. Commenting all day, you know? Yeah. It's a little different, but I don't know. I do I like I'll try and throw it on in the background with Clubhouse and just listen. But even when I do that, I find myself not getting into a flow state of when I'm editing, you know? And so much of editing for me is like, okay, I need to just sink in, put the headphones on, get into that flow state. Because once you hit that, it's like so much creativity comes out. It's crazy. Yeah. But if I have that on, it's just, see ya. (laughs) Yeah. Do you find that you are because i was recently speaking with um there was like this workshop with a bunch of women they were talking about how as women because we're like cyclical beings that our creativity and productivity like can come in different waves so i'm wondering if obviously as a man like if you or if this is just across the board for everybody in terms of like creativity and finding your flow state like do you find that it's pretty consistent or that you have to obviously kind of we have you know burnout days and we need to like take a step back but generally as someone who's like creating content full-time like what's your relationship with like that flow state yeah that's a great question so um today i'm actually making a video and i was filming it earlier for my next youtube video it's like the title is going to be something to this effect out of content ideas. Try this. Mm. And the whole idea is, you know, when I, when I feel like, especially in Colorado, like right now we just got a couple huge snowstorms. And mm. for me being like, a, I love landscape photography. I love just going out exploring. And um, that's where I come up with like my best ideas and I'll keep like a little journal and kind of, write them down as I'm thinking about it. But Colorado in the winter months can either be like extremely beautiful. If you drive up an hour into the mountains, you'll always 
get some form of beauty, but like down here where, where I am, which is like Littleton right on kind of the edge of Denver in the mountains, mm-hmm. um, it can get really Brown, which is like super depressing and just ugly and Brown, like dirty or yeah. Just... Like, yeah, it's just like all the grass is dead and the oh, trees okay. are dead and everything is just Brown, you know, it's like mud oh, season. Yeah. Oh, cause winter, like everything's dead. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, what? It's just like, what are you okay, talking gotcha. about? <laughs> so it, the whole idea behind this video is like, w- like just some strategies to come up with new content ideas. And for me, it was like, go work out, go meditate, go hike, go yeah. do all these different things. And like, you have to kind of step away from the project at hand to get back into a flow state if you're if you're struggling to come up with ideas so yeah i I think that's pretty universal like even people don't realize it that being connected to nature even just there's that whole concept of grounding like because we live in these buildings and we're like not putting our bare feet on the earth every Mm -hmm. day. Like some people don't do that all day, especially if you're like just walking around pavement all day between buildings. Yeah. Um, But when people go back to nature and like, you know, nature bathe and are in trees and are just breathing in the fresh air, going to the beach, watching the sunset, like it's so good for you. And like, we're so removed from that at a default because of just cities and like the hustle and always having to be kind of on and go, 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 which has been changing because of, you know, COVID and all that. But it's so important and so underrated, I think, still to really like get into nature and disconnect and like not be on the phone on the computer or like having your brain wired to everything is Mm -hmm. to just like fucking breathe air. Like for me, the biggest thing is like if I'm not feeling even both like mentally or physically good one day is uh, if I can't get to like the beach or something, I'll just like go dance in the parking lot, which I do a lot. And, but it's also partially just like that exercise aspect because you're breathing in and out so much and just like kind of like re, you know, invigorating the soul with fresh air. And then the physical exercise component like kind of gets you into that flow state where you're just coming yeah. up with ideas and like everything is feeling good. Like the machinery is going hundred miles an hour, which is really nice. Um, I mean, you just think, talked about that on your story with your, with your dancing. It's like you get back to that tipping point where you're like, Oh, I yeah. can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. But then you just go a little bit longer and then you're like, Oh yeah, here it is. I found it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I think spot on. Right. And it's funny because I think especially when your life is relatively it's easy, quote unquote, like I'm talking, <laughs> we're not at war. We're not like, like uh-huh. I'm not doing manual labor. Okay. Like I'm fucking making videos and speaking into microphone. Like my life is not that hard. Okay. Like I'm a, <laughs> we're in a lifestyle. It's not yeah. that bad. Right. So doing physical exercise though, and like pushing yourself that way is so good for building mental toughness and also just getting better, better at everything you do because Mm -hmm. it's that same parallel. Like for me, it's through dance, which is very fun, but for me can also be very difficult because there's like a kind of mental aspect to it of, you know, like I said, where I'm getting an hour in and I'm like clunky and I'm tired. It's not feeling good. Or whether you're doing a workout or a hike and you're halfway up the mountain 
and you want to quit and turn around, you're tired, but you push same thing in life. Like any project you're doing, your career relationship, whatever, like you get to those points of discomfort, those points where you're like, Ugh, this is just like not that good, (laughs) but you push just a little and it's like life changing. Like it's just, that's the little growth piece, but you have to, there it is push for it. Yeah. And that's why I think so many people, I mean, at least why it's in the past couple of years, like exercise and being in nature and getting back to that basic human thing is so important for people because we live in cities and we commute and like, we're very disconnected from our, you know, the caveman days when we were in nature and like, didn't drive cars and stuff. Like you have to get back to that. Especially with lockdown. It's like, it's it's impossible. It's depressing. Yeah. Yeah. You're a content creator. You like, that's the last thing you want to be doing is stuck in a house. You know, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even just, you know, for people like it's, it's really sad in some ways because we've just been so like forcing people to stay inside and not be breathing fresh air and not seeing even, you know, social distance, like interacting with people and Mm -hmm. like outdoors in environments. That's not just your house is like, just like literally for your health, like for your immune system is good for you. And like, we really took that away from so many people and it's just really, it's bad. It's just like a lot of fear involved. People don't even want to go see their family or their friends. Like it's not good for you. And it's just so normal now to not to stay inside all day and not see anyone. It's concerning. Very. Especially for our youth. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. For kids. How how has that been in, um, well, I don't know how I've never been to Denver, Colorado, Colorado in general, but like, how has that been during lockdown? What's it been like for Kids, I don't know that perspective. Yeah, so it's like, uh, I mean, our schools were kind of hybrid, and then it was shut down, and then you know, kind of all over the place. Like you're, you have sports going on, but then they get canceled because an outbreak or the government shuts yeah. it down. Or, um, I mean, it's it's like anywhere else. I think it's just it's like it's so hard on these kids, and they become. Like I think so many kids have become so in tune with video games and social media and their phones and all the technology because that's their way of interacting with their friends. It's yeah. become like, you, you don't, when I grew up, it was, and I'm probably aging myself now, but you go outside and rollerblade with your place hockey out on the, yeah on the pavement and you do cul-de-sac to cul-de-sac. You're, you know, yeah. And it's like, or you go build a tree house or you go climb the mountain, but even, I mean, that's what I did too. I I think that's a, I think if if your parents raised you right, that's what you did. Right. You didn't have a cell phone for a while. You played manhunt with the kids in the neighborhood. Right. Roll around the dirt, you know, ride the, the ride your ripstick, the longboard around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's definitely gotten away from that. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, antisocial, especially this past year. It's like the kids have, even when they get to go to school, they're in a group of 12 kids that all are in the same class the whole way through. And they don't, you know, they're not getting 40, 50 kids you get interact with. And you're not creating, you're not going through the difficulty of seeing different cliques, which 
I'm not a proponent of clicks, but I think it teaches us to understand like there's a, people are different. People are different in this world and that's okay. It's like, you're not going to get along with every single person out there. You can try, but it's just not, it's not realistic. And, you know, I, I don't know. I've seen it with our kids like firsthand where it's just, it's a little scary. It's sad. It's, you know, I feel for the high school kids because they, are missing out on some of the best years of their life with proms and sporting events and Friday night football games where you get to go just mess around. Like you just get to be a kid, you know, and make some bad choices and they're just not getting those opportunities, which is really unfortunate. So, yeah, I mean, we've really like stripped away an essential piece of, I mean, especially it's especially for kids and like especially mm-hmm. for young people, like school and interaction and like the playground, all of that is so important for kids' development. And I think it's something that people aren't really considering enough when like, you know, you talk about the lockdowns and whether they were helpful or not. Like you have to take into account the damage that is done to like people's psychological development and and what that like what is like the first something crazy i think it's like specifically the first 2 years of your life determines how you like what your attachment style is in terms of relationships but then beyond that like just your childhood determines like so much of who you are as an adult like yes. a lot of our issues are just unresolved childhood trauma which right. is crazy so yeah. it's like for so many kids now they live through this stage where like it's just not and not to like everyone will be fine because it'll be okay i'm sure you're doing a good job like (laughs) but yeah it's it's scary like we want that's just a staple of how you develop into the person you are Mm -hmm. at at any age really is human interaction and conversation and speaking to people and even like my younger brother is supposed to who's supposed to have his freshman year at usc and of being online and like it's not the same like no. you grow so much yeah. in your freshman year like you have to live with someone else you got to be tidy yeah. you got to get to class on time like yep. you got to deal with people and professors and yep. you know taking that away is like so hurtful to society and i wish i wish people would also be like more okay with addressing that and not suggesting that because of that that you don't care about like the people who die and right. like this you know right. obviously that part of like not being locked down. It's like, Hey, this is not black and white. Like there's a lot of complexity here. You can't just focus on one part of it because you're damaging like a whole nother part. Yeah. 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 And you know, it is a tough balance and you hope the, the experts make the right decisions, but it's like, you're kind of forced into it. You know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. So, is i mean i guess i feel like people at this point are like kind of over it that's my vibe it's like everyone is saying all right like it's been a year tried this lockdown thing clearly like it it arguably doesn't make a difference because you have states that stayed open and some that closed down they have the same numbers yeah and then just like seeing like florida california right like yeah florida is just People are going out, bars are packed, no masks, and numbers are about the same. 
Yeah, crazy. it's crazy. Plus, like seeing, you know, the leaders, quote unquote leaders, who are supposed to like help us and make the rules and regulations, and then they break mm -hmm. them. And it's like, what the fuck is that about? Like, how right. am I supposed to trust you or want to listen to you if, like, you know, you make a a lockdown rule and then I see you eating at a restaurant next week? Like, that's messed <laughs> up. You know, yeah. it's just like people lose trust in the government yeah. because of that reason, which is like another thing that's happened right. in the past year in part because of social media as well, exposing all of those people, which is a good thing, you know, mm -hmm. hold them accountable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The restaurants, I mean, they took a huge hit. I mean, that, that whole restaurant industry, that was, it's pretty sad. A lot of people did, but I think, you know, I don't know. It's sad. It's sad to see those small businesses get affected the way they did. And I don't know. Hopefully we're on the the backside of the hump. Yeah. Is Denver opening up again? Like are things seemingly Yeah, they're like fifty percent, I would say. Which is I mean, we had to get super innovative with outdoor seating and, and people all the restaurants were buying up like these little igloo huts and tents and all these things yeah. so they could accommodate outdoor seating because it's cold as shit. And yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole nother expense for these people. And, um, but so many, I, I feel like so many good things have come out of going through something like this too. Yeah. So it's like, you know, everyone's learned from it. Everyone's adapted new habits from it and new norms and they're applying it to even if we weren't on lockdown right now they're gonna keep doing some of those moves moving forward and yeah it's interesting it's like new products are released and yeah people are innovating that's yeah. the beauty of mankind is just we figure shit out you know yeah you gotta look at like the, we just put the a rover on mars right yeah sick. that's awesome yeah, yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to look at the positive side of things. Like I'm a huge proponent of that, that, you know, obviously COVID lockdown, all this shit has, yeah. there's been a lot of bad stuff, you know, let alone just the sadness of like losing lives and all of that. Um, but, you know, it's also been kind of a, a, a chance to like look within and think, yeah. okay, what parts of our society like weren't really working that well? A lot of people actually had the opportunity to do their own thing. Maybe they were let go and it was actually a blessing in disguise because they actually didn't like their job. And, right. you know, you kind of had to sit at home and be like, what do I actually want to do all day? Like mm -hmm. if, I'm, if all I have is my to-do list in front of me and I don't like the to-do list, like what the fuck am I doing, you know? Right. So that is <laughs> the bright side is like people, it's, it's kind of becoming normalized now for people to just 180 and be like, I'm done with this thing forever because it doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't light me up. Like I'm going to pivot and do something new. Yeah. Which I mean, partially it gave you the opportunity to do what you really love full time. Yeah. It's great. Absolutely. And it, you know, luckily video, everyone's using video now and wanting more video. And um, so I just tried to take as much advantage as I could with that. Yeah. You know, we have a pretty good backdrop. Like where's, um, I, I mean, you film a lot in nature. What's like some of your favorite? How do you go about that? Like filming, you do like drone stuff and like, do you literally like hike up a mountain with your gear? And then, yeah. And some, sometimes it seems like someone's filming you as well because 
or is that just the drone behind you, like strategically placed to follow you? How does that work? No, so, I mean, some of the more recent content, I've had a friend coming along and doing some like behind the scenes stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of the times, like I'll just place a camera on a tripod, do several different shots. And like, that's, that's the fun part for me is like, okay, I need B-roll. I need, this is my A-roll. Like I, I know what I want, but where do I want to like different angles, right. To ke- keep the eye moving or mm. like if I'm walking on a trail, I want, I want to footsteps walking past. And then I want a front shot of that same shot. And then I want this side view of that same walk, right? So I can kind of cut real quick between those three. And then it keeps the viewer so much more interested as opposed to just yeah. one long shot of me walking down a path, you know, right. but, but behind the scenes, it's like, okay, I got to walk and I got to go back, pick up the camera, move. I got to walk. And then I got to go pick up the camera and I look like a complete idiot. Right. And yeah. while like several people are passing me on the trail, like what's this guy doing? <laughs> but it's like, that's the creative process. And, and just, I don't know. So like deceiving the viewer to think that you do have someone or like, I love using the drone because I think it's just such a cool vantage point that most people don't have. And mm-hmm just throwing it up and getting like a total, total top down angle of like, how did he just for like a two second clip, you know, like he's getting in his car and, but behind the scenes, like that's a 10 minute process because you got to put the drone up. You got to make sure it's in the right spot. Then you got to bring the drone back down and turn it off, put it away the right way. You know, it's like, it's a thing, but um, it definitely makes you appreciate the the filmmaking process for sure so. yeah yeah well you do a really good actually when you when you break it down about like just even the filming the different angles of you walking like it's so true i mean you keep like that's the kind of the right. golden thing you got to keep people engaged you're yep. trying the different angles it's things that people don't really if you don't have an eye for film you don't realize that stuff like if right. you've never so next studied time you it watch like a netflix series or anything on anything right just pay attention to how often the camera is moving and you'll be like, yeah. holy shit. You know, it's yeah. like, I had no idea, you know, even like the subtle things where they're on a person, but they're kind of moving the camera to make you feel like you're a human. Like that's the stuff I start looking for is like, yeah, no longer can I just watch a Netflix show to watch a Netflix show. It's like, how are they filming this? What are they doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's What's my favorite technique? part of, of rewatching movies because actually it's fun i remember specifically the i was actually um a film major at boston university and so one of the first things i remember when i did a summer camp be you my uh, sister like a went video. To, oh no she went yeah she went to BU. oh nice and my, and yeah. my brother-in-law oh it's cool it's, yeah it's a good school anyway. it's a fun time yeah. um but i went to a summer camp there um when i was in high school and I remember I will never forget the feeling of when I had my first editing class and they just taught us like I just noticed that in a movie when they have a conversation they cut back and forth and like my whole life I didn't like register that that yeah. is how movies are made and I was like oh my god they take multiple <laughs> sides and edit it together right. and from that moment I was like this is what I'm going to do with my this life is, like this, this is, is so incredible cool. <laughs> yeah but like that's a fun part of yeah. um 
watching movies multiple times, especially if you have an appreciation for film, is like right. noticing how do they do it? Like, this is a really tense scene. Like, are they using the steady cam or like, is it mm-hmm. wobbly? Like, all that mm-hmm. stuff is just fascinating. But that's, I think, it's why I have a appreciation for, you know, people like you who do these incredible YouTube videos and like you, when you can understand the work that goes into it, yeah, you value it and you're like, that's so sick. Like that's not an easy thing to do. They plan out all the shots. They have to edit mm-hmm. all together. Like they are thinking from the viewer's perspective right. and trying to keep you engaged. Like it's a, it's a, it's really an art. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It is cool. But what's, yeah. if, if you were to give like a beginner, someone who wants to do, you know, photography or video, YouTube, whatever it is. Well, let's say specifically with those three, what's a kind of a, a lesson that you wish that you knew earlier on? It's a good question. Um, from a technical standpoint, I would say everyone said like gear doesn't matter. And I think there's some truth to it but I think it's false. I think like there's a reason filmmakers, Hollywood filmmakers are using these, you know, multi-thousand dollar um, cinema cameras. Right. And I do think earlier on, I would have liked to have known like, okay, if you're truly wanting to get into this and you can, I know everyone's budget's different. Um, and you got to start somewhere, whether it's using your iPhone or you got to, you know, get in with a smaller camera, which I certainly did. And I think that's the progression. But if you're on the fence of, okay, I have this money, like I can spend it on something that I could grow with, like do it because yeah, like buy the better, because when it comes to gear and stuff, like you're buying quality and, um, I kind of learned that the hard way. Like I, I had a couple cameras that I used, but then I was like, okay, I can't really get like, for example, slow motion. I could only get like 60 frames per second, which is great, but it's not 120. And it's like, for what I do it, I want it super cinematic. I want it um, certain things. And some of my clients expect that. And so I had to try and like sell all that and get this new gear um, and that was just a pain in the butt, but beyond like the gear, I would say don't compare. And I, I've used that a, a lot because I did it myself and it was just like, God, just, I'm not as good as these people, you know? And I, I, yeah. it was like, but who am I judging it against? I'm, I'm the only one really judging that. And if there's other people judging it, then, you know, there's always going to be haters and trolls, but I think the more you can just kind of get away from the comparison game, like we've talked about it, it's just the clearer you're going to be and the quicker you're going to grow as an individual. So, yeah, for sure. I think um, I'm totally on board with actually investing like monetarily into the thing you want to do because mm-hmm. everyone has a different budget, but if you can find the money if you can just like you know you know maybe don't say don't buy that sweatshirt don't start starbucks for the month and like put the money in like it has a huge return because in the end you're just investing in yourself and like it also pushes you to do the thing right like i could have started this podcast by just 
doing it from my phone. Right. But right. I was like, no, you're going to buy the gear. You're going to yep. like buy all the proper stuff and like do it the right way. And yep. then it was like, okay, well, I obviously like I'm, I'm doing the thing, right. Back. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also right. That too. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also like, I am whatever the thing is. Like I'm a, I'm a podcaster. I have the stuff or like, I'm a cinematographer. Yeah. I'm a YouTuber. Like I do this. Right. So even like then the mental shift you've invested in it, yep. both like mentally and monetarily. So mm-hmm. that is going to push you to do it a lot more, which right. is like really important. And, and then there's actually been, there's been times where I'll show up to like, I don't know, a local restaurant or a business or something where I'm like filming a YouTube video and I'm like got this massive like rig, like massive selfie stick with a DSLR or a mirrorless camera that looks ridiculous. But yeah, there's a fear of judgment, but people are so intrigued by what mm-hmm. you do. And then they take you a lot more serious. They're like, oh, that's really cool. Like that's, and then there's been several times where it's like, hey, would you be able to create this for me? And it's like, because I had that, if I had a, my cell phone out, they would be like, oh, this is just another influencer trying to, you know, take selfies. Yeah. Right. But I do think there is, unfortunately, like there's a stigma behind the credibility of, oh, he's got nice gear. And, and it does like, there's a reason Sony, Canon, all these companies are coming out with these top of the line cameras because there's so much technology built into these pieces of gear that exponentially take your film to that next level. You know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's powerful for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, even just probably the confidence of when you are out in public doing that thing and just not caring about what other people might think is really huge because mm-hmm. people can sense like when you are not like when you're just confident you don't give a fuck and you're just like there to do your thing because you love it like people gravitate towards that and are curious Uh and then you won't care like what anybody thinks you know and that's something that's hard to learn I think it's just practice and just Mm -hmm. doing it like I used to be really nervous to I would go shuffle and dance it on my pool deck here and I would be like really nervous because I'm like Literally, it's like in the middle of the complex. So it's like a fucking stage everyone, everyone can be yeah. watching. <laughs> but I just started to do it. And I was like, I don't give a shit. And like when I first did it, I was kind of like holding back when I would dance because I'm like fucking doing it in public. Yeah. And now I'm just so comfortable. Like I don't give a shit. And I'll go to the parking lot next door as well. And there's people like walking their dogs and stuff. And like these little kids will come up and just like start watching me, which is so <laughs> precious. But like you just have to do it. Like just right. get over the hump of like yep. feeling weird and like you'll gain confidence by like challenging yourself a little bit yep. to feel uncomfortable and then it will just become second nature. Like you won't think twice about yep. doing the thing you won't, even if it's showing up on Instagram and like taking the selfie video to yeah. talk about something you care about, like just start, just do the thing, invest in it. Like just, you know, throw like yeah. send it, just go into it, yeah. you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. But um, I think it's I I'm really enjoying watching all the stuff you do, and I I'm confident you're gonna continue to take off because you just really exude that like authenticness that's that's rare to find. So well, thank it's really you. awesome, and that's why I wanted to have you on because I was like, he's just a normal guy who's like very <laughs> talented, but is normal, and I just yeah. not even normal, just like chill, you know. Yeah. And I I can really appreciate that in people. So yeah, well, thank so you. Is, uh, that yeah. means a lot. And- it's 
this conversation has been so fun. I mean, you're, it, I get that vibe from you too. And it's like very real, very raw. And so that was like, you reached out and I was like, absolutely. Let's do this. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, this is super fun. I just, you know, like to find cool people to chat with. So heck yeah. Yeah. And thanks for taking the time. I, I appreciate it. And um, we'll have to do it again. Maybe if you ever come across LA sometime, do it in person because in person is always like just that much. Are you in LA? But, so uh, I actually do come out to LA every once in a while. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in LA. I'm in um, El Segundo. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'll be here for, unless I decide to fucking move to somewhere that's not so constrained <laughs> <laughs> for now. It's good. I definitely yeah. am like a beach person, so it would be hard yeah. to leave. Yeah. Well, it's nice out there. I like it. I like the LA area. It's cool. Yeah. It's fun here. I like yep. it. So good vibe. Okay, but, I'm gonna uh, take a. I'm gonna take a, a shot. Yes. Is that cool? Yes, do it. <laughs> cool. Nice.